0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and all my patrons, uh, I'm here to make it so, so sleepy. It's time for Sleep With Me. Thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, one only tossing, turning, mind gracing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep with you with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thinking, uh, feeling, like physically, emotions, uh, uh, senses, uh, you know, as we say every once in a while when we do our pandering, Austinian pandering, senses and sensibilities. Or you know, as another book, I may write you know, nonsense and incomprehensibility. Uh, Steve Austin, Steve Austin, on Austin. I don't even know what that means. Uh, sorry. Uh, so if you're new, okay, create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. I'm going to try to take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, and the way I'm going to try to do this, I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use these lulling, soothing. Uh, creaky dulcet, but somewhat gentle tone, Uh, wings of pointlessness, meander wear, uh, like that I wear, like underneath, uh, like, like I wear that, but I have wings of pointlessness that allow me to meander around. Also, I flat my, I flat my gums and my wings, uh quietly. Oh well that's the good thing about wings of pointlessness. they're totally silent except for the gun, gum flapping in the hot air. And okay so if you're new okay so I'm semi- try to create a safe place where you feel welcome because I'm glad you're here. I say that a few times every intro. I'm glad you found your way here. I hope this can take your mind off whatever's keeping you up and help you drift off into dreamland. Uh, If you're new, here's the structure of the show. First five, six minutes is like the credits and the business side, whether it's sponsors or listener support. That's how we keep over 550 episodes free, is the people that either support the sponsors or uh, support the show on Patreon. And if you're new, that's not super important. If you listen regularly, when your hand touches the refrigerator tomorrow, Remember that if the sleep of me puts you to sleep, say, do I support the sponsors or do I support on Patreon or both or, you know, whatever. Uh, so that's uh, the first six minutes show. Got to do it at the beginning because it's a sleep podcast. Then we have an intro that we've just started. The intros are about 12 minutes in They're rambling, misguided metaphor attempt to explain the podcast. And one of the ideas of the podcast, it, it, like the intro, is that it's familiar because uh, I mean, what's familiar about it is my ability to mishandle metaphors, and it's a little bit different every time. So you say, "Ooh, this like uh, I, don't, I don't like if uh, this feels like uh, comfortable and at like at home," but uh, at least like if you know exactly what's going to happen, it wouldn't be as distracting. That's my theory, at least. So, the intros are about 12 minutes. The, the timestamps are in there if you want to skip them, but a lot of people either listen while they get ready for bed or, you know, kind of the podcast is meant to get you there, ease you, ease you in, you know, your bedtime routine uh, to, 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 I don't know, keep you company. That's the whole idea. So, then uh, tonight will be a Star Trek episode. So, after the intro, I'll talk about Star Trek The Next Generation for about 40 minutes. And then we'll have some thank yous at the end. Um, so the, this is a podcast to put you sleep. It's meant to kind of keep you company while you fall asleep. So if you've listened to podcasts before, uh, most of them you usually listen to. This one you only kind of have to listen to. So put aside those rules about uh, active listening or, you know, whatever prior to, you know, like paying attention. You don't need to pay attention to me. You, you can barely listen. I'll be here. But you shouldn't also feel any pressure, or you don't need to. Sorry, I dropped a should right right on my foot. Like, you, you don't need to feel any pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here for an hour to keep you company. I'm your boyfriend. I'm your bore bud. I'm your boar cuz. I'm your boar sib. I'm your boar bay. I'm your boyfriend. May have said that twice. Uh, so I'll be here to keep you company, just like if you were on the phone with a friend. Or your room, you know, like if you ever like uh, shared like a like a studio or a dorm room or something with somebody, or a bedroom in childhood, and you'd lie there and, and ramble and tell stories, and, and uh, or there was always that one person, and they kept going on and on and on. I mean, you know, during the day, and I think this is driven by the same things that keep us up at night. It can be hard to listen, and I think another thing is that not everybody feels heard. So then there's people that like uh, can be rambly and they say, Well I got this person's attention now. So let me and, and they say, Well geez, I got about eight million things to do today. How long is this guy gonna get to talk about cheese mongers?" Uh, 'cause I guess because there's a social expectation that you'll at least pretend to listen. In this podcast no norms and no social norms. I don't know if there's if those are called social mores or mores or whatever. Don't worry about it. You don't got to listen. You don't got to humor me, but I'll be here doing the talking and the company keeping. It, and it's just, you just you, like, I know it's different and strange, uh, but there's no pressure. Like, uh, I, I thought I had something in there that I was going to go on. It, like, uh, you don't need to listen. I'll be here talking. What is this person talking about? And not getting hurt or hearing. I guess there is a part of us. It feels like this for me, a bedtime for overthinkers, or for people that you know, planners, or like those kind of things. Like as soon as you lie down and it gets quiet, is that part, like different parts of your brain or your your uh, you know whatever your internal makeup is. They say, "What? What? I don't have a brain." No, no that's, not, no, that's not what I mean. See, my brain's interjecting here live. But so you like they? They say, "Oh, it's quiet now. Let me like let me make sure I get heard tonight before this person falls asleep." And you say, "Well, I got to go to sleep. I can't really hear about these like uh, all these things I did wrong in fifth grade. Oh, I don't need a list of my shortcomings before I go to bed. Like I just you know what." And how to fix them. I could use that stuff during the day. But even then, like, I think I'll be better suited if I get a good night's sleep tonight. And I think those things, like, here's what I'm good at. I I say, hey, I call those brain brain bots. uh, And I think they really, uh, at least the ones for me, they're really, no offense to the brain bots, but, you know, they're maladapted. They're trying to, to protect us. Very similar to Q in this episode, trying to, uh, you know, guess what's going to happen and say, hey, well, I'm here to... If you don't leave the house, nothing could possibly go wrong. You know, except for me saying, why don't you leave the house? We, we don't do anything. And he said, well, actually, I'm trying to go to sleep right now. I don't need to think about leaving, you know, g- g- doing stuff right now. Like, that part just wants to be heard because it's just trying to keep us safe. Uh, but it really like it has a misguided intentions I don't know what that means but I, I'll be here to keep those parts company because I say hey you could uh believe me I hear I got about four million of those voices in my head and as much as I try to I say hey what like uh, come on gather around I' gonna tell a little story tonight it's about I, I don't know if you brain bots have ever met have you met q oh, I played by the lovely John Delancey. maybe uh, hopefully I'm not butchering uh, uh, John's uh I want to say John C. Delancey, but that might be from John C. Riley. Maybe that would be a funny uh, crossover, crossover. Uh, John C. Delancey. But uh, Q's kind of a, like a, a God like character. And in this episode that we're going to talk about for like, uh, I think the episode was 44 minutes. I looked at the recording, it's like 51 minutes. Q thinks that if Jean-Luc falls falls in love, it's going to cause lots of... So Q's really out to protect Jean-Luc in this one. And he really has a meandering way of helping out. But Q, much like a lot of you, uh, it seems like you get blamed for this. You say, well, let me see if I can help Jean-Luc out by making it extremely complicated and a big hassle. That'll make stuff better. And poor Q. He never has anyone sit down and say, "Hey, Q. I know you're just trying to help Jean-Luc out. So you're doing a great job." And it can't be easy having uh, omnipotent power when you just want to help Jean-Luc. in. you can see him being human, and you you don't know what you can't necessarily relate to what being a human's like. And you say, "Buddy, I, I just like I can't express how much I care about you, Jean-Luc, because I'm Q." But, I really love you, and I don't want to see you get like I don't want to see you get any gloss or non gloss matte whatever scratches, and I just want to keep you safe and hold you safe, but I can't express that to you because it's banned by the continuum, so I just want to complicate some stuff so it doesn't you know jean luc that's really what I want to do, and I'd say, Q, that sounds tough uh and it sounds like you really care about jean luc and this is this wild ride we're on called The Human Condition. It's not easy. That's why I make this sleep podcast. If you excuse me, brainbots, I'm going to transition to the human phase of the intro. And I feel like everybody deserves a good, night's, a good night's sleep. Now, this podcast isn't for everybody. It's weird. I have creaky dulcet tones, and I go on a lot of pointless meanders. Uh, so it's not for everybody. But I hope it can help you that are listening. Give it a few tries. Uh, It's well intentioned. I've had to like clearly. I got I got issues. Uh, I just had a strange uh, uh, faux therapeutic conversation with a TV character from 25 years ago. So uh, yeah, I mean, doesn't it make things look on the bright side? But I'll be here to keep you company three times a week, and uh, because I care, because I think you deserve a good night's sleep. Now it doesn't work for everybody. Give it a few tries. And I appreciate you coming by. I really hope I really yearn to help you fall asleep. All right, thanks. All right, here we were talking about uh, (laughs) episode 420. Uh, So those of you that uh, uh, partake, uh, I guess uh, I probably should have told you before the episode started. But, uh, yeah, this is episode 420. So celebrate it later as you wish. And I don't think episode could be more uh, uh, suited to 420 than this one. It was uh, it, this is a fun episode, and it's got locations, it's got uh, uh, guest stars, and it's got Q. Maybe I don't know if it's my favorite Q episode, probably not. But it was it's a good one. Came out uh, April twenty second, nineteen ninety one. And it opens with Picard hard at work on two two different devices, a tablet and his uh, netbook, uh, one-handed netbook. They're talking about Tagus 3. He says, come, someone's at the door. Troy rolls in. Picard takes a long swig of uh, uh, Earl Grey. And, oh, this brings up a question. i got to pause it. Um. And I guess it'd be for when I one day when I have a Star Star Trek guru, you know, like because I never remember these questions anyway. But like Ricard has a uh, like a, a flask. What do you call it? A carafe of tea. That's what I don't understand. Sometimes you get it. Like uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense because then he doesn't have to get up to go to the uh, whatever that thing's called, the replicator you know, sometimes you get tea. I guess it's not. I guess that makes more sense than I'm talking about I said, well, give me a whole, pay, give me a of Give me a, okay, here's a question, though. Does he say, give me a cup of, and a of a full of Earl Grey, or just a of and an empty cup? Uh, if a tree, you know, this. these are the Zen-like, uh, this, I guess that's not Zen-like, but, you know, the, those are questions that go through my mind, uh, but he, what he did, like, is uh, Picard uses the tea to make points when he's talking to Troy. We'll cover the dialogue in a minute. Uh, he, like, kind of points with the, the carafe of tea after he pounds it down and refills. Uh, let's see. Troy approaches. He takes an- points with his tea, nods, takes another sip. Uh, Troy approaches, puts, his, puts hands on charts, puts hands on... I can't read, maybe I'll see, what. maybe, and it looks like Chit's, uh, okay, here she goes, puts hands on chairs, okay, that makes sense, and both chairs, and she leans in, then Picard stands and paces and kind of talks, uh, we'll, we'll cover the talk, talks about Giant, uh, and then they talk, uh, Troy, at one point, puts her hands on Picard, uh, Because she's just basically telling him he's working too hard. And she says, good night. So let's take a look at this dialogue. Um, uh, Troy comes in, she says, yeah, the the council members are here. And she goes, by the way, Captain, it's pretty late as your counselor. And he goes, what do you think of my, he goes, what do you think of this, these ideas I have for my lecture? And she goes, well, it's late. I mean, she doesn't say all this, but she says, I thought you already had a speech, uh, and Picard is like, well, I am thinking about changing it up, uh, and she goes, may I make him a, a suggestion? He goes, by all means, she goes, you've already written a good speech, brah." She doesn't say brah, but I, I added it in there. And then, uh, he goes, well, these are the b- big minds, the big ones. Switzer, Kalkwein, Twork, McFarland, uh, archaeology giants, uh, I'm just an enthusiastic amateur. And I've said, Picard, I've said that a few times, uh. In a different context, uh, sorry, I'm an enthusiastic amateur, but uh, yeah, I, I really do appreciate. Uh, w- like, w- this is one of my favorite surprises, and maybe it's just how we're picking episodes. That so many episodes we're picking. Sholbergar's love of archaeology, I think it's a great uh, character device, and it really makes me appreciate R- R- Jean Luke. Uh, so much that doesn't feel like, it, I, I guess it's not a character device. I'm like, uh, whatever they say. She says, well, why don't you get some sleep uh, instead of working on your uh, speech. Uh, it's going to be great either way. Then Picard goes back to his room. Uh, he's still getting an iPad that he's like reading on. And he turns out his lights uh, and then he looks up and uh, there's fresh flowers. I don't know if they were always there. And then there's, like, the kind of tiki-like um, a figure, a fertility figure from uh, Risa. And this was really cute because uh, Picard looks up, he picks it up, and then he, a woman's standing there, and he goes, Vash. He says it's so cute, like, tenderly. He says it very tenderly. He goes, Vash. Uh, he goes, how'd you get here? And she goes, it came in through the window. I thought that was hilarious. uh I was watching with my daughter. She doesn't know much about kissing, luckily. So she finds this gross when they kiss open mouth. Uh, I don't you know. But uh, they really start making, they do heavy petting. Well, medium, moderate petting. Like, she takes the fertility object out of his hands. Uh, I said, holy subsex!" And then uh, they really start kissing. Then the episode opens. Uh... And I thought this was a fun surprise for me. I didn't know if Ash would ever return to another episode, which makes me wonder if um, the character from A Perfect Mate will ever return. I, I don't know. It mean, uh, probably not, but I, I have no idea. And it also makes me wonder. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have my chronology right, uh, so I don't know when that Perfect Mate one was. Uh, but then uh, this next scene is really funny. You, could, you could remember our podcast I never mentioned, Be- Breakfast with Beverly? Uh, it's breakfast, uh, so it's a post-opening breakfast, and uh, also po- post, uh, you know, what? Uh, if Picard's pouring tea, Vash takes milk in her tea, and they have a little bit of an awkward conversation about why she's there. Is she a member of the Archaeology Council? Uh, Why, like, is she just there to see Picard or archaeology or something else? And Picard, you know, Picard's like, geez, I wish I could trust you. You know, Indiana Jones, uh, And Vosch changes such, then the doorbell rings. And who's outside but Beverly, Beverly Crusher, Dr. Beverly Crusher. You know, if you're going by Janet Jackson songs, like I am, And this is at 5.40. Her face, she's got like a sweater. She's in cash dress. Uh, They put seven stages of dread. What does that mean? Throws a napkin. And Beverly's like, I'm late for breakfast. She's stunned. She's absolutely stunned. And then it's really funny uh, because, like, I think this was more funny just from getting to know uh, some similarities I have with Jean-Luc and how close off he is from his crew. And just how Beverly talks to him, like, so she says, who is this? And then this is my friend, Vash. Uh, she, we had a sleepover. Really? Uh, wow. Uh, and then Picard's like, yeah, we're kind of friends, you know, met on vacation. And, uh, or no, they say stuff like, but Vash knows everything. She goes, oh, you're Beverly, Dr. Beverly Crusher. John Luke's talked all about you. And then yeah, she goes. Really, I've never heard of you. Where'd you meet, and Reese? Uh, and Beverly says, "I see." And she looks at Jan. She goes, "That must have been during your vacation." Like kind of like he's a child, you know, because he is childish, like me. Like I, I'm, my life is compartmentalized, Dr. Crusher, and uh, you know, just like our relationships are professional in breakfast. Uh, but, uh, but but Brevash is hurt uh, and a little irritated. uh uh, there's almost these like passive aggressive stabs by Beverly, you know, but, but Vash is like, "Jesus, I can't believe because Crusher says, I'm surprised he never mentioned you. And Vash says, so am I. And she goes, how about a tour of the ship doc? And, uh, uh, Dr. Crusher says, I would love to do that. And she goes, if it's all right with you, Jean-Luc, uh, that's what uh, Beverly says. And, uh, and they go. So then they Vosh Says, "Don't worry." She's not happy. She wipes her mouth with her napkin and stands. And she says, "Don't worry. I'll behave, behave myself." Let's see. Oh, yeah. She walked. Almost walked out the door. And then she says, she comes back and grabs his arm and says, "That I promise to behave myself." Yeah, then we have a hilarious scene in ten forward around seven forty. Uh, Beverly and uh, Vash enter the uh, ten forward. Riker man he he really is a uh, he couldn't make it in the modern day workplace i'm not sure he could i mean not without some demerits uh because uh, he's in uniform but he's at the bar and he looks over at vash and uh he makes it, he does make him he goes uh, like crusher and vash are having and then beverly says let me grab us some drinks and uh oh they also talk about how jean luke's so private uh And then Riker rolls up and she goes, eternity never looked so lovely. And she goes, what? And he goes to the view, eternity never looked so lovely. And she goes, oh, you must be Riker. And Riker's a little uh, flustered. He goes, you got me at a disadvantage, which he said before. And she goes, "Uh, weren't you going to tell me my eyes are as mysterious as the stars? And Riker goes, oh boy, are you a Betazoid? And she goes, no, Jean-Luc imitated you, bro. Which makes me kind of uh, fantasize uh, or imagine those two in bed, like a post in the, in the glow, uh, Vosh and Jean Luc. Uh, like, and he's doing Riker imitations and data imitations. And then Crusher's like, hey, you two have met. And she goes, Beverly says, this is a friend <clears throat> of Jean Luc's. Uh, and Riker goes, yeah, I figured that one out. And then. She goes. They met on Risa. Hmm. She doesn't do those, but you know. It, it, it. And R- Riker goes. Whoa, whoa, boy. R- Risa, you met on Risa. Holy macaroni. That vacation must have been for five stars. Uh, and she goes. He never mentioned me to you, huh? And he goes, and, and then Doctor Crusher gets called off. Uh, and Riker's like, I'll I'll finish the tour. My pleasure. Uh, then we have another great scene, comedy-wise. Uh, they go onto the bridge. Vash and Riker, he's giving her a tour. And they meet Jordy. They meet Data, and Worf is just staring. Uh, and Riker bring they shake hands with the Data and Jordy, and then he brings Vash over to shake Worf's hand, and he won't, he's not having it. And Riker goes, is there something wrong? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I haven't been informed. He goes, there's no bridge access for uh, council members. And then Riker goes, mm, uh, this is a guest of the captains, like in his quarters guest of the captains. And he goes, we can make an exception for this, you know, like an exception. If you-. And uh, Worf goes, welcome aboard. He's still not pleased about it, though. And then Vash goes to the big chair, as uh, Picard or Riker calls it, and she sits in there. And everyone's kind of stunned because she puts her feet up. uh, And she goes, well, being a captain has its rewards right when Picard walks in. And he says, well, I'm glad you approve. And, you know, Vash, uh, understandably, is not happy with Jean-Luc. And she goes, well, I guess I'm going to go back to my room and get ready for the reception. So then she just goes and gets on uh, the lift. Caspergaard's uh, just like, well, by all means, uh, go back to your room, like totally ice cold. And she goes, well, I look forward to it. And then Riker, so he goes, a fascinating woman. Let's see what else uh, I put uh, in my notes here. Nine forty-five on the bridge, wharf beside himself, stunned, physically stunned, uh, won't shake hands. Uh, the big chair. Picard comes on deck, awkward, double exclamation points. As uh, she gets on the of Riker and Worf share another look. Uh, and then Riker says, fascinating woman. And then there's another odd look from Picard. Then there's an exterior shot. Then there's a weird scene. There's a reception. Vash is at the reception. She's grilling Toy, Troy about Jean-Luc uh, Vash is wearing a modern thing. It's a earring necklace. It's a necklace and it's earrings. And then I put, excuse me, because, or something, because Worf, this was so weird. He go, he says, nice legs when Vash walks by. And it just seemed to really, uh, I, it, one, it was distasteful, I guess. Uh, I mean, of all things for me to fixate, on. I don't know why, but, I mean, just in a workplace setting, it's inappropriate. And just seemed weird for Worf. Uh, I don't know if it was saying that uh, Vash's is, charisma, charisma is so strong that, uh, I don't know. I just found it. I was floored. Uh, I was very disappointed in you, Worf. Uh, expect more. Uh, but Vash, then Troy walks over right when Worf says it, so he knows it's wrong. Then Vash rolls up on JLP, I put John luc Picard. And he's kind of talking to like a orange actor guy, but I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, because he looks like uh, oh man, now I can't think of the actor's name. He was in Dallas Buyers Club. He's a beloved actor. Oh, George J- Jared Leto. He looks kind of like a, like Jared Leto and uh, like as an alien. Uh, sorry, Jared, but, but I mean it's a compliment. I think. I mean this is not HD, so. But she goes, she rolls up on him. She's like, WTF, dude, like, uh, why are you being so cold? Why, why don't you talk about me? We had some fun. We had an adventure. And uh, Ricard goes, well, What would you want me to say to anybody? And she goes, well, Some of this to something. And he goes, I can't. And she goes, Why? He goes, It's not appropriate. And she goes, I wasn't thinking details. And uh, Ricard goes, a captain does not reveal his personal feelings with his crew. And she goes, is that a regulation or a Picardism? And Picard goes, I'm sorry if you're upset. And then Vash goes, well, I'm sorry if I'm embarrassing you. And that's the end of that conversation. And Picard kind of has a stunned look. Uh, and, Vash, uh, and then Picard storms across the bridge and goes right into his ready room. And who's waiting in Starfleet uniform? But you, working at Picard's desk. He puts his feet up. He's reading Picard's speech on a, an iPad. And there's a commercial. And then when they come back, uh, uh, oh, when he walks in, let me see. Oh, hold on. Let me slow down. Uh, let's see. I don't know when he says "Mynkapi time, But he like uh, he says, "Jean-Luc, uh, how about a hug? Don't just stand there. Say something." And Vicard goes, get out of my chair. And he goes, I was hoping for, like, a welcome back. Uh, uh, It's a pleasure to see you. And Vicard, my old friend, and Vicard goes, we're not friends. And then Q goes, you wound me, mon capitaine. Then Q swaps their places back. uh, And he goes, maybe you could change your attitude now. And then Vicard goes, what do you want? Q goes, just to be helpful. And Kirk goes, are you in trouble? And P Q goes, no, I'm just glad to see you. And he goes, well, I have a debt to repay. And this really, on the, this is when it benefits from watching this episode a lot of times. Uh, and like, uh, just getting to know Q's motivations, because it really seems like in the end, uh, Q's telling the truth. And he's really trying to, like, uh, much like a maladjusted brain bot, very, very much like that. Like what Q holds here, says here, is true. And I really think uh, if we were to sit down and interview like a more sedate Q, he would give us the facts. He's like, "Jesus, I was just trying to protect John Luke from love and from weakness. But what Q says is basically, well, I'm here to repay your debt because you got me back in the continuum, and I don't like owing people, so let's just get it over with. Uh, i got to do something for you equal. And Picard goes, just get it, just be gone. That'll do nicely. And Q goes, no, it has to be constructive. Uh, that's my new word. And Picard goes, some other time. Picard in his head has got to be like, I can't think of any worse timing. He goes, I got to deal with some stuff. And P- Q goes, yeah, your he goes, your speech isn't that great. I could help you with that. And then Q kind of plays the tempter. He says, what about visiting the ruins on Tagus Sorry. You know, and he's trying to tempt Picard with that even puts on, like, an adventuring outfit with a helmet and shorts. And Picard's like, no, those ruins are closed. And Q goes, what about going back in time? And Picard goes, not to improve my speech. No. Uh, he goes, can you leave now? And Q goes, you're impossible to get a gift for. And then he disappears. And Picard's like, Riker, you better get down here. Q's on board, and he's trying to do something nice for us. And Riker has a great reaction. He goes, I'll alert the crew. I just love that shorthand. Let's see. Q also used alliteration when he's talking about Picard's speech. He goes, plotting, pedantic. Uh, I like how he said, how about a big hug, you? Uh, he goes, what are you doing here? Uh, I like a false bravado of Q. It's just merely in the sector. And how it was Jean Luc when he said, Well, I could get you in Tagus of Ruins, it kinda did get Picard's attention for a second. Also at fourteen like twenty Q LKQ lies on the couch and uh, adventuring gear. Like a dust first regular, then dusty adventure gear. He also had jacked up wool socks and leather gaiters, I think, and books. I don't know what that means, uh I couldn't tell if he had just, oh, boots, uh, boots, not books, uh, and uh, Picard looks pissed, Riker, yeah, Q, Q, oh, yeah, he say uh, I just like Riker's knowing that, I'll alert the crew, yeah, then there's a the long stare, Picard, then we see Picard in the hall, he sneaks back to Vash's room, first he, like, plays dumb with the crew, remember, oh, I'm just walking slow here. And then he rings the doorbell, and Vash is like, "Who is it?" Uh, and Picard kind of tries to explain. He goes, She's I'm not embarrassed." And she's leaning on a, uh, like, leaning on a chair. And then Picard, he's like, "She's just want to apologize." And then he spots a, like a, her iPad or iPad Pro, a double D, and it's got the Tagus ruins on there. And then Picard searches the room. He finds like a shovel. They couldn't tell if it was like a surveyor, or projector, or a drill, or all of those. And Ricardo goes, I can't believe you. And she goes, uh, Well, I'm an adventurer. What do you think? I, that's what I do, is an adventure. And he goes, Well, I want to protect you. And she goes, You don't need to protect me. This is just a summary of what they're saying. And Ricardo goes, You can't just take uh, artifacts either. And she goes, uh, Well, that's my job, actually. It, it is. Uh, and she goes, "Let's get one thing straight. I can't change who I am for you or anybody else." Uh, and Ricard goes, "Nor can I change who I am." And then she goes, "Well, I guess that's it then." And uh, Picard goes, "So it would seem." And then we see Q's head poking through the ceiling, looking out in the background. As Picard storms out, and kind of Vosh kind of sits down to kind of sulk. Uh, Q said, pokes in and back out. And then we see Jean Luc Picard in his PJs. Uh, and I really liked them. They look like handy pajamas. I would like, uh, cause especially because I don't like uh It was like a shirt that has a robe, so it seems like it would be easier to remove. And Jean Luc, Q shows up. He peeks under the sheets to see if anyone's in there. And uh, then he hops in bed. He's on the top of the sheets, but it was just really funny. And Q's, like, sleeping alone, and Picard's like, dude, you got to cut it out. And he goes, I knew there was something going on, dude. Uh, he goes, are you an L-O-V-E, love? Uh, he goes, I thought it was a bad speech. And Picard goes, please, no, I got to do the—Q goes, uh, goes, I had high hopes, uh, Jean-Luc. I thought you were more evolved than your species, but you're just as weak as them, brought down by love. Because I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, yeah, he I saw everything. And I won't forget the—this is the important part uh, of, like, the you know, the, the, what drives the plot. I'll never forget the anguish on your face, uh, the misery. And Picard's like, dude, like, so it's also, like, interesting that Q doesn't really understand this kind of romantic love— and why he's kind of titillated by it. And, you know, I mean, there's like many layers, and then his relationship with Jean Luc, maybe this thing Q kind of represents this uh, maljusted part of Jean Luc or ourselves. Uh, is Q in love with Jean Luc on some level? Maybe, who knows? Uh, you know, he definitely loves Jean Luc uh, without a doubt. So I don't know, there's a lot of cool layers uh, to kind of look at here. But, uh, you know, Q's just concerned mostly about what love—what's love got to do with it, you know? he Q considers it a secondhand emotion. But Craig goes, you, you, you cut it out. And uh, Q goes, well, this you, love is a dangerous thing, Jean-Luc, and obviously you're ill-equipped to handle it. Anybody self-critic say this kind of stuff? And this is where we really get down to it. He goes, there's a vulnerability— He goes, it's a vulnerability I've been trying to find, and if they would have known it. uh," He goes, John, look, this is your weak spot. Uh, Maybe I have to teach you to protect. He doesn't say that, but, you know, we see this unfold. Iberkart goes, give it up. And he goes, do you deny you care about this woman? He goes, what if I turn her into an eel? Iberkart goes, no. And Q goes, I'm just trying to help (laughs) And Ricard goes, he goes, I don't want anything from you. Don't you get it once and for all? And Q goes, I can't just stand idly by and watch you uh, get, you know, let down or whatever. Or, could you want me to do that? And Ricard goes, yeah. And then Q goes, okay, as you wish. Uh, do wish. Do you wish, just like in uh, Princess Bride? Also, when Q takes t- 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 John Luke off, he was so... Uh, Ticked off he threw his sheets off and left the room and then yeah q reveals his intentions and the challenge as you wish uh then we're in the conference room the barber's there we've I've been seeing a lot of this barber from the ship the bright blue barber he gets a lot of face time in this episode i mean doesn't get a speaking role so picard opens his speech about the mystery of uh you know archaeology and these cute crews there looking on proudly. Crusher, Troy, uh, Data, Riker, wharf, and Geordi. Uh, uh, but then some weird stuff starts to happen right in the middle of the speech. Uh, like Crusher gets a hat appears on her head. Troy looks at it. car keeps talking. Troy gets a feather a cap with a feather in her cap. Uh, Beverly has a green one. Troy has a red one. And Picard keeps kind of going. I mean, but you can already guess. So then, uh, uh, Riker gets a, uh, like a half staff in his, uh, <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> Riker gets a, like a bow in his hand, a walking stick. Uh, and he's like, what? And Riker, ke- or R- 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 Picard keeps talking and then Data turns into a, like, gets a monk's robe. And then he reaches his hand up to say something. He's got a turkey leg, just like he was at a renaissance fair or a theme park. Then everyone looks around. Then Picard turns into, uh, uh, not Sherlock Holmes, Robin Hood. Then he, he vanishes. Then everybody else vanishes and appears in the, uh, woods. Picard takes a big sigh. Oh, at some point he goes, what the hell? You know, like they always do. Um... And then there's music, and then Ricardo says, Cue. And this is all around 20, 21 minutes. Uh, This is really good. Then we see the woods. uh, Really good comedy for a few minutes. Also, I'll like out myself a little bit. uh, And I mean, this gets a little bit embarrassing because I know a lot of people were very attracted to Council Troy. And I I find her attractive, but I don't have a crush on her. But you put her in a... uh, I guess this is just weird, but I guess I'm a weird dude, uh, when she's dressed as like an elvish, uh, sidekick of Robin Hood, I really was, uh, my heart was palpitating, so I don't know what happened during my childhood that's repressed that I don't know about, uh, but obviously something, maybe it was like the, uh, Fox, Robin, I don't know, but whatever, uh, This is the most attractive to Council Troy I've ever been, was when it was in this episode. And then also, again, I kind of was like, so maybe it's like a role play thing. I don't know. Uh, But we start to uncover, like, uh, you know, what's going on? Where are we? Yeah, we're in Sherwood Forest. uh, We're a recreation. And Ricardo goes, that's right, Riker. I mean, John Little. And then Crusher goes, well, if he's Little John, and the goes straight, I'm Robin, Robin of Hood, and Worf crushes it, uh, even his body language here. This is at twenty two twenty four. He's dressed all in red. And he goes, he goes, I am not a merry man. I protest. Uh, and then Data goes, actually, you're uh, uh, Will Scarlet or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then he goes, uh and Geordie's Alan Adele, and Riker goes, and your Friar Tuck. Let's see what else. Uh, Twenty-two, yeah. Here's what I put in the notes: Twenty-two uh, forty, highlight of my life, which it really was. Uh, is so funny. Uh, hey, sir, I protest. I'm not a married man. married man. a love wharf man. Bravo. Uh, then, uh, oh, then this dude rolls up on a horse and Wharf tries to go after him, which he should know better. Like the serious advantage someone on horseback, you know, from watching GOT, I know these things. Like he's got a huge disadvantage and uh, he tries to go against this guy on horseback. It doesn't go well. Some other soldiers show up with arrows, uh, and so, so they bolt into the woods, Robin Hood and his crew. Also, Wharf had thrown his hat down when he was saying he wasn't a merry man. So Riker's like into the forest. Uh, it's an order, and it turns out this is Sir Guy of Giesb- giesborn Guy, Guy of giesborn. and then they do a fade to uh, Picard and everybody. They're making camp. Uh, Crusher's working on uh, Worf. Uh, Data and Troy are practicing shooting bows and arrows, and then there's a flash with a horse. And Q shows up. Uh, and Picard a uh, love cut. What does that mean? Oh, Robin Hood. Picard's like, dude, what the heck? Uh, Q's all in blue. He's got a very long feather in his cap. Uh, and everyone has interesting beards. Uh, or like, uh, really worth it. Uh, Picard, Q. Or, I guess, uh, facial hair. And Q goes, I'm the sh- sheriff in Nottingham, bruh. I don't know why I'm saying bruh so much, but it's, it's, it seems fitting, this episode. Uh, for goes, I want this to end. And Q goes, you have to accept the consequences of your actions. Uh, and for goes, what do you mean? He goes, uh, well, what's Robin Hood famous for? And Jordy goes, giving money to the poor. And Q goes. Other than that, he goes. Maid Marian. And Q goes. Yep. And Guy of Gisborne is uh, had enough of Maid Marian. And Forcar goes. vosh. And Q goes. Yep. Uh, so you do what you want, Robin. Just chill here and wait for me to send you back or save the woman. You don't. Well, you. You know. You've been ignoring. And Vicar goes. I'll save anybody. And Q goes. Well, what about your married, ma- married men? And women, by the way, Q. What the what the heck? Married pe- married people, happy people, shiny happy people. Q goes are you to get them involved in your love 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 you know, love weird love triangle with me? Uh he goes I'd love to make you a throw rug wharf in Nottingham Castle. Vicar goes come on man, please stop and Q goes I can't stop uh this fantasy's uh, independent of me at this point, and he goes, "I dare you to come to uh, the castle, whatever Nottingham Castle, Sherwood Forest, or Nottingham Castle, or whatever." There's a couple of cool zooms of a card when he's arguing with Q. Also, uh, Q like crossed his leg while he was on ho- horseback. He's got a, his horse was very nice. It had sleepy eyes. Uh, then we see the pond and the castle and we see a worried woman who's with Vash trying to get her, like Vash is trying to like get into her britches or something. And she's saying Vash isn't well, this brought up a question. Did Vash wake up? Uh, did she become aware in the middle of this role play? Like just a second, like, like where she's trying, because she's very disoriented at first, uh, like, instead of like waking up and it being morning, and then you're like, oh, wait a second, I'm in a castle and I have a chambermaid. Like, did she wake up? You know what I mean? Did she just become whatever? But like, Vash is very quick to adapt. So, if Sir Guy shows up. First, he gets Vashed because he's messing with her. And you know she's very stern. Like he's like, "How about we're getting married?" And she's like, "He's she's like, what? What do you loon?" And then she figures out, "Oh wait, there's consequences." So she 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 sits down. She taps her seat. She says, "Sir Guy, uh, get over here. Uh, let's talk this over. Maybe I've been uh, being a bit hasty." Uh, she goes, "Let's have a seat and chat." Uh, she goes, "I'm in." She goes, I've been feeling not myself. Uh, yeah, I said she turns to Sugar past the seat. Uh, oh, yeah, the question, did she just wake up as Maid Marian or was she mid-Maid Marian? Then we have another classic comedy scene, 2810. Jordy's on a rock playing a liar or something. He's in orange tights uh, uh, going to town, really having himself And a morph, just stands up, walks over. In, uh, full Animal House style, takes the guitar, and breaks it, uh, hands it back to Jordy, goes, sorry about that, uh, yeah, then Troy's testing out a bow and arrow, she misses, she hits Data, oh, I like it, uh, oh, yeah, let's see, I like it, Worf is getting treated in the background at first, I like the diamond print on Jordy's, uh, shirts, yeah, then wharf ends the liar sorry, Picard, uh. He's sitting there, looking at his store, a sword. Also, data. Actually, this isn't. Uh, yeah, data. Like fixes it after his archery. Will was wearing a skin, some sort of like a rug or something. And he walks over to Picard with his pole, and Picard relays down the rules. He goes, "I'm going to go rescue Vash." Uh, This is personal. You don't worry about it. Uh, I want you waiting here. And Riker goes, No. And Picard goes, You have your orders, so follow them. Uh, Picard puts his sword in his belt uh, and he says, I expect you to follow them. Um, Then we see apples on a table and an old peasant walking with a bucket that we can conclude as Jean Luc. uh, uh, buckled, char- uh, they're getting their kitchenware ready, Q inspects that, uh, what does that say, a buckle, I don't know what that means, uh, uh, Sir Guy and uh, Vash, uh, they come across the bridge, they come down, uh, she's all in pink with flowers, and the worm turns on Q, and he's surprised, like the world has gone, uh, like the simulation has gone independent, and he goes, uh, Sir so Guy says, we're getting married. And, uh, and Q goes, no, what do you mean? He goes, "He thinks she's tricked you. And Sir so Guy goes, you better watch your tone, buddy. He goes, this is my future wife. And Q goes, no, no, she's in with Robin Hood. Everybody knows it. And Vash goes, uh, yeah, he tricked me, this sorcery. And, like, whatever, uh. He goes back and forth, but, but Sir Guy's like, dude, you're, he goes, you're just Sheriff of Nottingham. I'm Sir Guy. And Q's impressed. He goes, intriguing, He like that he's, uh, gotten, uh, schooled. Uh, she hands a drink to Sir Guy. Q tries to frame Vash, who recovers, uh, he bewitched me, uh, and he says, escort the lady Mary into her chamber, then we see Picard uh like the oh he's standing over at the blacksmith stuff. I was wondering why he's over there. Then we're in Vash's room, uh under Picard Con barely chamber chamber, my hearing's barely bad really bad here. Oh, then we're in Vash's room window. Picard can barely climb in. And she's like, Jean Luc, uh what are you doing? And he goes, we got to get out of here. And she goes, no, no, no. She goes, uh, oh, he's very dashing, it seemed like, uh, but she, go- he goes, let's go. And she goes, no, no, no. I don't think you have a very good plan. When it was, She goes, I'm on my, she goes, I'm better off on my own. And they go back and forth and they make a lot of noise. And then Vash kind of frames Picard. She goes, I wanted you out of my room, uh. And like Sir Guy comes in and she goes, This is my wedding gift to you, Sir Guy, uh, Robin of Hood. And uh, Ricard kind of gets walked into the courtyard. And we see Q, who's lying down in the courtyard in Q position. And he's like, Congratulations, Sir Guy, you got him. And Sir Guy goes, It was Rob uh, Marion who got him. And there's a zoom on Q who's smirking because uh, he's like impressed because he's very impressed now. Uh, then we see Maid Marian Vash. Uh, she's writing a letter for Robin's crew. And she's got this like chambermaid who's kind of a buffoon. And she goes, Take this to uh, Robin Hood's men. And she's like, No, no, no. You know, like uh, they go back and forth. And Q rolls in he snaps he sends the maid out with a snap of his fingers uh and he goes shes you're I'm really impressed with you you're very ruthless and she goes well th- thank you and he goes i'm w- almost as surprised as Jean Luc was and Vash is like you must be q and he goes you're interesting and he goes what do you have there and she goes nothing uh and he's like oh this is a letter to Riker." uh he goes, what marvelous duplicity, but, uh, now you're in trouble, but I still have to study you some more. And he goes, guards, you know, deal with this. Uh, uh Q really loved it. Uh, uh, the double down and then we go to a commercial, then with some red monks walk in and Q k- kisses this older woman. Uh, like, I don't know who she was. Uh, it was funny. And then Vash and Picard kind of argue as they're let in. They're in trouble, like they're going to be in trouble. Also, at some point, a bunch of monks come in. Let me see where that is. Uh, I don't know, but uh, Q won't let anything rest. He really wants Picard in big trouble, big consequences, he says. He goes, Can't you two stop arguing? And he says, Robin, can't you see what brought this uh, trouble on you? Was it worth it? Uh, And Picard goes, let's just get this over with. Uh, And Vash is like, uh, well, am I worth it or not? And Picard goes, if this is for my benefit, just leave her out of it. And Q goes, she's many things, but none of them innocent. Uh, Picard goes, let her go. And then Vash is like, wait, you do care? And, yeah, the monks come in at some point. Oh, yeah, let's see, see robes of monks. Then we see Riker's face. uh, And we see Geordi and Data. And uh, they say, okay, farewell, Jean-Luc. And Q puts his uh, feet up on the table. And then Guy says, uh, Sir Guy says, okay, you're both busted. Do you have anything to say? And then we go to Geordi and Riker and the team... uh, dressed as monks, and Geordi goes, well, geez, there's so many of them. And then Riker goes, Data, we need a diversion. And then Data, like, opens his forearm, and you he, there's these little, like, uh clear, like, small, clear um globules of stuff in there. And I don't know if he was, like, what it was or if it was extra or an essential part of his functioning, Also not, like, the greatest thing because it makes, like, a a little bit of uh, a poofy poof uh, when he throws it. uh, And then we get into this 80s-style fun action uh, where there's, like, back and forth and diving and uh, pottery and swinging, like, uh, fireworks, uh, back and forth, uh, jumping on people Real consequences, though, which I said, we're weird, weird. it's real consequences. And then Picard goes against Sir Guy. Because it's HD, there's different times you can see that stunt people. But again, it's only because it's HD and only if you're watching it as many times as I am. But then there's another, what I have to assume is another homage to Princess Bride as Jean-Luc and Sir Guy are uh, battling... Uh, Picard goes, very impressive, but there's something you should know. And Sir Guy says, uh, what's that? And Picard goes, I'm not from Nottingham. And then he says, goodbye, Sir Guy. And uh, I think that was it. Uh, then, like, uh, Picard, uh, kisses Vosh. He rescues Vosh. Uh, and he goes, It's over, Q. Get us out of here. And Q does, like, this slow clap, uh, And he goes, compliments, I don't think Robin Hood could have done much better. Ricard goes, everybody better be okay. And Q goes, well, everything's fine. But he goes, you really put yourself in trouble for the love of a maid. Uh, He goes, my debt is repaid. He goes, maybe you've seen how weak and vulnerable you really are. And the love brought out the worst in you. And Vash goes, you're totally wrong. It's the best in him. Uh, nobility, courage, self-sacrifice, and tenderness. And Q goes, you're good, really good. And then Picard goes, I've had enough. And Q goes, sure. So then they all reappear in the meeting room. Slow clap, sits on a windowsill, gives a speech. Yeah, then they're back at the meeting room uh, for the speech. And Riker goes, is everybody here? And then Troy goes, where's Vash? And then Picard goes, computer, where's Vash? And the computer says, not aboard the Enterprise. Yeah, which is, and then we're in a ready room, and then Ricard's there, and then Vash, uh, she appears in, like, adventure attire, and she's on the couch, and she says, hey, and he goes, oh, thank goodness. I thought Q, uh, uh, what happened? She goes, well, we, we Q and I had to chat. Uh, and then Q appears, he's like, arms and legs are crossed on the other side of Jean-Luc and uh, Vash, First, they start to say goodbye. Uh, She goes, yeah, Q and I had to talk. uh, And she goes, he proved you still care about me. And Picard goes, yeah, I I don't show show my feelings to the crew, but I do have feelings. And she goes, I'm going to miss you. And Picard goes, where are you going? And she goes, I don't know yet. That's when Q reappears. And he goes, well, she she can go anywhere. And Vash goes, meet my new partner. And Picard goes, holy mackerel, this is weird. And Vash goes, why not? And Picard goes, let me tell you. And Q goes, leave, give it up. Uh, And Picard goes, he's devious, amoral, unreliable, irresponsible, and not to be trusted. And this is very Indiana Jones. She goes, remind you of anyone you know? And Picard goes, yeah. He goes, so I've slept, he goes, I've slept with Q, not the other way around. And Q goes, we're going to take her, we're going to have so much fun, she's going to go places you'll never go, you know, humans never go. And Vash goes, uh, well, how could I resist? And Ricard goes, please take care of her. And Q goes, don't worry, I promise you, uh, I'll take good care of her. And he goes, are you going to kiss her goodbye? And then Q disappears, and then Vash goes, yeah, well, how about a kiss? And Ricard goes in, and then Q reappears to watch uh, but he goes no I forgot my hat uh, so then he disappears and uh, then they kiss oh I also like at some point Q puts his arm around Vash when they're talking about uh, uh, you know Q's true nature and stuff uh, but then Q disappears and then they do a real kiss say goodbye and then she puts on her hat and she takes a breath a deep breath and she says goodbye Jean-Luc And then she disappears, and then Ricard takes a deep breath and smiles, and the episode comes to a close. And that's the episode. Good night.